This is a crypto finance podcast. We are holding internal knowledge sessions and publish selected episodes to share our know-how and experience with you. Today we are uh, going to tell you a little bit about game theory and how game theory is currently being deployed on the blockchain. And what better start in such uh, an education session than to actually play a game with you. So I would do an auction. I would like to auction you this 20 francs. The rules are very simple. The first person or the, the highest bidder is paying for the 20 francs, but the second person is as well. These are the two rules. The highest bidder gets the, gets the 20 francs, but the second highest bid is paying as well. Who would like to start? How much would you give me for 20 francs? 16. 16. Anybody give me more? Oh, first please. bid, 16 francs. Patrick, 17. Fantastic. 18. 19. 19 francs. 19 and a half. 19, uh, Okay, more. So he's earning currently 30 rappen. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick is currently earning 30 rappen. Well, exactly. Mm -hmm. So you're sure. So, 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 19. 1989. Are you called? No, it's 1995. <laughs> 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 so what happened now is we made both of these two candidates rationally decide to pay more for 20 francs than it's actually worth which is totally irrational as a whole but they both paid more than 20 francs for the face value of 20 francs so with this nice game I would like to step a little bit into game theory these are called war of attrition and you suck your opponent slowly out with um, small actions. It's actually a term from, uh, from warfare. And it's not called a scam. Um, because I'm not scamming them, even though I earn obviously a lot with I do such games. Well, what do you earn? Well, oh. I give you 20 yeah. and I get 19 francs or 20. Or when you could theoretically bid up to 5,000. As it goes over the cash price. Yeah, I earn already when it's 10 francs. Second in life. Oh, 11. 11, let's say. Ah, okay. Both yeah. So and now it will be at 40, around 40 francs. I will, I will get around 40 francs now. So, I was not a scammer because the rules were totally on the table. You were just forced into it by being the last two. But where I tricked you was more on the psychological behavioral side. It's very human to do that because for both of them it's rational to do an irrational choice. And I just manipulated in you in making you believe that you gain something. So another question. Why didn't you bid? Good question. I was thinking about saying less under 10 but then you said 16. So. Did anybody purposely did not vote here? 
What? Because you knew it? Anybody else? I did not know. Okay, why did you not what? So for for the so the optimal outcome is to not bid. Yeah. To not bid is makes nobody a winner. So yeah, the, everybody does not bid. But, but I know that the but, the, but then there is no winner. But wait a second. But there's no game then. Exactly, there is no game then. So in game theory, the optimum would be to bet directly twenty. So that nobody has the incentive anymore to pay less or more. But what is the gain? Zero. Zero. Give you 20, I get 20. Exactly. There is a winner without winnings. It's just for your ego? <laughs> no, it's for the game. It's for the sake of the game. No, this is game theory. For the sake of the game, this is the Nash equilibrium. For the sake of the game, you win. With there, is a, there is a game because you're a winner. But the winnings are zero, but which is yeah, okay. But reality, you win only if you have something in your pocket, from my point of view, right? Sure. Depends. You have a token of your winnings, which is emotional. Yeah, so ego. Ego? Yeah, that's your winnings. So that's right. In this objectively, if I know that the Nash equilibrium is 20, then I would, can also decide to just not play, which gives me the same game. Exactly. And also I know that the expected value would be for me to pay probably 40 without that. <laughs> you start with 40, of course. Huh? No, yeah. but if I play with the two, then it will end up for me probably being more paying 40. Yeah. Because then the thing is where you're indifferent to bidding more or just pay, paying the second one. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't play. At all? But then you would not be a participant. But who said I have to? No, 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 you don't. It's your choice. No, but if yeah, you want to I be part of the game, your optimal choice would be 20 frames directly. Yes, but then I would say I'm not playing. Then you're not in the game at all. Yeah. yeah. Then it doesn't apply to you. If you want to play the game, the optimal outcome is to, to pay directly 20. So whatever. So you see it gets very weird in game theory. And it's... Um, there is a nice uh, quote um, that says, can't do better than zero, but humans consistently do worse. Let's drop into formal 3D and the uh, blockchain applications of actually exactly this. There are two major ones currently, or one major one is called formal 3D, where you buy a key and the key gives you access to a whole pool of, of ether that was collected through other purchases of keys before. If you are the last one to hold that key before a timer runs out, you actually get the whole price pool um, of ethers in, in that current pool. That's a basic concept and there are actually many of those kind of games. There are even have uh, a name already on uh, on state of the dApps, this uh, decentralized application um, rating site, and they're called FOMO Games. And uh, in the top ten are five or four um, FOMO games currently listed, which is FOMO 3D, Zetur, Rob the Bank. They're in an ICO phase. Seriously. Rob the Bank. Rob the Bank, Dream of the West Journey, 
And my least favorite actually proof of humanity because they say that 3% of all those earnings go to charity. So they have a great Ponzi scheme running, which is maybe a Ponzi scheme, we can discuss that later, but claim to like donate that. Of course, Chinese versions called Red Scam and Supercard. And I would like to mention one more, but later. So how does FOMO 3D work or how do they present themselves? I separated their, their offerings into four groups. It's the key game, the one that I just told you about. And you can play two different variants of it, a quick key game and a long key game. The long key game is when you buy a key, a timer gains 30 seconds to its time and it's kept at 24 hours. So as long as people are buying in, the timer will never run out. The price scaling of the key is very slowly and gradually. So the keys get more and more expensive. So at some point, one key will be so crazy expensive that nobody wants to... But you don't know what is behind this key, right? And the price pool, the size of the price pool, I know. So when I buy a key, and I hope that in the next 24 hours nobody else is buying the key, I know what I would win. You know only that you will win, but you don't make a profit, can you? So basically you don't know. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. This is only the key. There are other sections where you gain passively something else. But this is another, another section of, of their whole offering. It's quite complex how they made it. Yeah. So the other, the other mode is a quick mode, where the timer is not kept at 24 hours, but five minutes. And it's always reset to five minutes. So it doesn't add anything. It's just reset to five minutes when I buy a key. And currently we are in round 695. And the game is only running since two months, I think. Some, something like that, or three months. So the quick mode is really an actual game that can be played casually or whatever you want to do with it. Uh, the long one is still in round one. It currently holds uh, $6.5 million dollars worth of ether and the timer is somewhere at three minutes which I think is unlikely but it's what it says on the website but I think the timers are still weird on the website it's I don't know probably the quick one is displayed whatever but how long will it take till those ethers are getting released on the long one until when the timer is at zero yeah, but then that pool, I don't know, that pool could, could get really big. Yes, mm -hmm. it is already big, pretty big actually. Is locked up. Yeah. That's where the game theory comes in. So it's already, if the timer goes to like 10 seconds, and you think that's my time and you buy in for currently one key 0 0.005 ethers, and it starts at three zeros one, that's the starting price. Cheap. Pretty cheap. But, but I saw And we are already at 21,800 ethers currently in the pool. So people buy a lot of keys. Um, if you buy in with more than 0.1, you can buy 100 keys at once or 1,000 keys at once. That's not a problem. There's also a reason for that. Wait. <laughs> um, you can win a side pot which is called a lottery airdrop <laughs> so there is an incentive that you buy in with more 
than just with one key. And now to the reason why you would want to buy more keys than just one at a time. There is an exchange for keys where you can change the keys to tokens and the tokens give you basic income of all the purchases in the keys. Plus, now it's getting really weird, 10% of all the trades that happen in this ecosystem. There is an exchange on this website that when you sell your tokens for Ether, when you sell your keys for the tokens or when you exchange or like trade your tokens or keys with somebody else. So any movement in this ecosystem is being taxed with 10%. And these 10% or the earnings from these 10% are paid out to all the token holders in the network. So you're being incentivized for holding them for a very long time. So so should I get into that happens automatically, right? There yes. All of that is code. Uh -huh. Did I never exactly? I did it's probably not mention that. And there is, it, it cannot be shut down without shutting down the Ethereum network. It cannot be slowed down in any meaningful way. I have uh, not put that. There is no humans behind it. There is nobody organizing it. There are developers, obviously, but all of this is deployed in um, open source smart contracts that are that can be called. On the on the blockchain, so. So the, the developers also. This is really questionable. Do they get anything out of it except for being the first ones to pay them and getting the dividend from that, or is there something like ten percent of everything going to the developers? Yes. There is. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's my negative statement actually. There is a pot distribution, and since it's really complex, with like you can choose another team where the pot distribution where there's like only 30% going in the main pot, 10 in the side pot, 15 others in the... So it's super complex how what things you can do there, which totally will break our time now. But yes, the developers get something. I cannot tell you how much though. It might not be so important. I mean, since yeah. you said that there are a whole bunch of varieties of the staking, but it's not important how much they get. Yes. Now a quick legal question. It's gambling, right? Yes. So it's illegal in most of the countries. Where is the game? I know, but I'm, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, it's the same if I gamble online in Switzerland. It doesn't matter where the platform is, it's illegal. The online gambling. Can play poker online. No, in Switzerland, it's now after the last Volksinitiative, it's okay, now was, no longer. It was a bad example because since six months or five, it's. In it's the UK, you can gamble yeah, okay. There are some countries where it's still. But, they, again, but that's a, that's yeah, yeah. not in any meaningful way, but in a way that my mother will not be able to do it. They make it a lot harder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then there is a fourth section called master nodes and mining on Ethereum, which is very fun since uh, mining doesn't exist for tokens, but they call it this way. And you can create a master node inside this network to get 
a vanity URL link that uh, grants you then 33% of the person who clicked it um, and uh, the key purchase. So you can mine more on the site. So these are the four concepts of, of this site. Now, as already discussed with some of you, how does this thing end? I mean, if the key, if the key is now, if the key costs 0.005 ethers and gives you 21,800, even if the key costs 1,000 ethers and you gain 2 million or probably more, um, there's always an incentive for every whale out there just to buy the last key to add another 5 minutes or 30 seconds to this timer. There are ways, and I found them quite appealing. Since we're on the blockchain and we have smart contracts that can deploy these things without human interaction, they're open source, publicly visible, people can audit them, can check them. We can write a smart contract that says my address is buying in or is buying a key when the timer is at one second and I back this pool up with a million ethers. Where would be the incentive for everyone, for everybody else, except or is out of this contract to buy another key? Because the smart contract is deployed and it's always there and it guarantees me or all the others that at the very last second, I would get the last key. So you know you're gonna lose if you buy it. I just know that there will always be somebody behind me, always. Well, so this is to kill the incentive that, altogether. That's the only way the game can be killed. If this is one way. There is another loophole that I read about, but... Yeah, but the point is, um, it's, it's probabilistic on the Ethereum blockchain uh, when, in the, when a block appears. Uh, 12 seconds on average, so you cannot say something like, in the last second, there might not be a... 30 seconds. Uh, but then I can um, I can just withhold blocks, so fifty one percent of miners could actually end the game by just yes. not mining any blocks for the last minute, and then starting to mine blocks again after that. <laughs> there there might be time warp variants of that where you just fake the timestamp uh, on the block that you mine. Uh, so it would actually be more rational for the game designer to not make it dependent on, on, on time. Well, on block height, mm -hmm. that would prevent all of that. So obviously, mining is one big um, issue in that. But then the gamblers they don't understand block height. They want to see a timer on the website. I understand that. Yeah. You could smooth it out in thirty seconds, time blocks maybe. Even then, it's possible, but less unlikely. Anyway, um, there was already. A loophole found for the side pot that crashes the whole side pot system, which means if you call a contract and directly before that buy a key, there is a way that can guarantee pay you pay out this the side pool with the function behind it. The point is you're guaranteed to get the side pot if you call this function if you if you call the two functions like one quickly one after another but that would crash the whole sideboard system for all the others as well you just so no one has done it yet no no, no.
it's uh, proof of concept it was um, uh, published on medium um, there are reasons why people don't do that or why they haven't done it yet but because if you do it then you win the sideboard right yes maybe <laughs> yes maybe and there was a there was a reason which i can't think of right now but um, Anyways, that, that's a bug. Yeah. So even if it's, 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 it's one, or it purposely the set there by the developers. Yeah. Call it a bug, I call it mispricing. Just, yeah, of, of course, but it's, it's, not a, uh, it's not part of the game theory. But it might be part of the developers' plans to ah. chill out early, which was the topic of this Medium post. Okay. Like, so it's a backdoor? That's the question. Is it a backdoor or not? So, and to end this whole thing from my side, I would like to address the last FOMO game that I um, left out before. It's called Pandemica. And it guarantees you to pay out 3% of what you pay into a smart contract forever. So, if I pay in 100 ethers into this one smart contract, it guarantees me that after 24 hours, and after 24 hours again, I'll get three ethers to my wallet every day. So that's the Ponzi scheme then? I thought as well, until I read a big tagline next to it, as long as there are funds available. <laughs> but then it will sum up, and then when funds come in, I get maybe 20 ethers. No, after 24 hours always. So if the pot... Ah, yes, exactly. If the... Accrue, yes. Yeah, it's accruing and it's being paid out every 24 hours. So now the question to end this is, is this very obvious Ponzi scheme? A Ponzi when it's being called a Ponzi or when the rules are so clear and when it's being stated as scam a Ponzi because all of this FOMO 3, it's purposely making fun of all these discussions of Ponzi and scam and crypto is a scam and all of this. All of this is on a website. It tells yeah, you as long as there are funds available. It's a Ponzi, but it's not, it's not a scam. But it's, a pyra it's a pyramid scheme, scheme, but not a scam. But it's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. That's why all the logos of these games are triangles. Even like launching level marketing is... Okay, the line is really thin there. Depends on it. Depends on So, you're done? Yeah. And I would like to add one aspect to that, maybe. Um, I did not check the numbers before coming here, I just heard about it in a, in a podcast, but apparently uh, one of these, I don't know which one, uh, currently has 30% of all transactions on the Ethereum network are interacting with that game. Right? Which is the reason why the, um, why the price of the Ethereum transaction went way up in the last few weeks. It's, uh, what is it? You probably know um, around a dollar or something? So at, at numbers where Ethereum, when, when Bitcoin had those numbers, Ethereum made a lot of fun about that. But, so we, we are at those numbers. And uh, I think the, 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 the stories that you told now, they are fun, entertaining, but they are not yet the worst. Because um, if I would think about how do I make a game which where where the rush, rational uh, participation of people in this game brings down the Ethereum network. I think that's super easy to do. Right? You could just make, make a game like that. And you say, okay, um, it builds up to 24 hours. 
the next day it fills up to 23 hours and 59 minutes and reduces. So um, here it's, it's just uh, the game ends by nothing happening for 24 hours, which is super boring. But if you reduce the time periodically, then the closer that that time goes to, to zero, uh, the more intense you will try to, to pay into the contract, which will definitely, if, if it accumulated a large amount of money in it uh, over the long starting time, which will definitely be the sole type of transaction on the Ethereum network. But your game will at some point end because at one point it goes down to one yes. second, whereas this game potentially never ends. Yes. The long one. I think, I mean, the the, the one. quick one the quick does one. end. And it's. Th this is, this, seriously, this is me thinking about that for 10 seconds. I'm pretty sure you can make True. one which, which, which designs the rules in order to kill the Ethereum blockchain without any meaningful effort by the attacker, just as a consequence of the game theory. So will this game destroy the network or will someone earn well, 10 in, million? In this one, um, there is no, what I would want, or what, what I think an attacker to the Ethereum network would add is this timing type stuff to make it, to, to really densely pack it on the Ethereum network. Uh, but here, there is no real timing part to it. And you have these, these 24 hours, and only if nothing happens during 24 hours, then you have these, these bots that might hit at 10 seconds or at 30 seconds, then you might to be before them. So you, you might want to write a bot which, which uh, pays at 40 seconds, and one other that pays at 50 seconds, or somebody else, one that pays at 50 seconds, that you are always the one paid. So, um, so they're, they're in this thing, the, uh, the game will only kill the Ethereum blockchain by accumulating, by rationally accumulating all available ether of it. But, but that takes, probably if you do math, probably takes decades. We are at that point. They, and that's why they call it the black hole of Ethereum. Yeah, but Since it's it a, just it's sucks a slow in. Slow black hole. Slow one, but which, still. So basically what I, the reason why I find these things so, so really interesting is even I'll say it's probably possible to buy by a very s simple smart contract to kill the Ethereum blockchain, probably, probably. But does that mean that, um, that, that basically having, having smart contracting capabilities on a blockchain is inherently flawed? Just as a consequence of, of this extreme attackability through simple stuff. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> there, would there be a way you think to be able to protect an A network of protecting themselves from stuff, something like that? I mean, it's, 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 it comes as a, and probably at some point it's no longer ration to pay money into the contract because, yes, you might get all the money off, but the money will not have any worth anymore because if there's like 80% of all ether in, in the contract, you then, then you, you know that if, if I would get that pot, price of ether would go to zero. Just by by me because you have all of all that actually worth it. Liquidity that all throw in the market. So we, we, you might take that into consideration as well when you pay into the smart contract. Uh, but that's very late. That's once you already have a double-digit number, uh, double-digit percentage of, of all available ether in the contract, which is really already very hard. Mm. So you, if you really want to make something that that takes the network, 
there will have to be some exponential growth in, in reward counter the exponential decay in, in value. What I want to add still to this is that um, if you do not look at the negativity of all of this, that or the scammability or, or the things that are bad about it, it proves very interesting things as well. There is because that's what uh, the POW H3D, the partner concept to the former one, um, also describes on the website. They found a way of consensus, a proof of mining actually, that comes from us humans themselves. And they call this proof of weak hand or proof of greed. Since people are making transaction in a very timely manner that you can even guide by making the timer 10 seconds, making the timer one minute. You can force people to call a certain function with, with, with um, even with money inside, quite probabilistic, which makes it a consensus in some way. And this P3D token that gives you out, um, what it pays you, this passive income, they also call that on their website universal basic income, which is awesome marketing, horrible naming, but still. Just add, adding to this, if you, if you don't see the scamming part as hovering above all of this, there are actually concepts and things and thoughts put in this that are not too bad. Any further questions? Thank you. This episode was brought to you by Crypto Finance. We are happy to receive comments and feedback. Email your thoughts to research at cryptofinance.ch